A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is recorded. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and to Aboriginal elders emerging. Please be advised the following podcast contains swearing women. Oh, Christ. <laughs> I'm lost. I'm lost for words. Can I start off by saying you don't look as good as you looked yesterday? Oh, <laughs> I wish the listeners could see both of us now. I'm sitting in my darkened laundry slash office with a GNT. It is four oh nine five somewhere. <laughs> you look like shit, mate. Not gonna vodka. At least you've got orange juice in it. Oh. <laughs> Welcome to hell. Talk to me. Talk to me. I mean, I can't. Gee, I wish the listeners could see. Right now. Well, I mean, we are. We were recording video, so I will. I'll put some video on our <laughs> Facebook, which we now have. You know. Oh, God, talk to me. You've had a hard day. Well, I have had a hard day, but also, like late last night, I saw another friend's Facebook post that made me go ooh, and so I contacted her and. This is a good friend who I worked with for a long time, but and she lives really close, but I never get the chance to actually catch up. And I said to her, hey, let's FaceTime, but let's do it tomorrow because I'm trying to get the kids to bed. So we FaceTimed early today. You know, she's really stressed and upset. Anyway, so I've had two really intense conversations with friends today, one of them in tears, you know, about both of them are still at work. So you and I have talked a lot about being in lockdown and how shit that is. But I've had two conversations today with women at work going, oh, my God, it's yeah. so horrible. Like, you know, everyone's... What kind of jobs are they in? One like- lady, makeup artist, believe it or not. So she is making up news readers. And so they have to, they're at work. And they give us our sense of a bit of normality in life where we can just switch on the TV and see something we're used to. But, of course, they're shitting themselves. Oh, far out. They must be so stressed. Like I won't name the person, but a guy that I used to work with on ABC Radio, 
yeah. said to me once off the record basically that he reckoned his job had given him PTSD. Right. And when and- you think about it and you go, well, you're dealing, and we are lucky enough that we're going to talk to a ABC presenter next week and we might be able to ask him about that, but when you're in that position, you're dealing with bushfires and you're dealing with Family Violence Royal Commission and you're dealing with coronavirus and you're da like it doesn't stop, and I think we forget that they are a container. Yeah, and so I feel just luckier than ever that I, I got to make the decision, okay, I'm going to start isolating now, and I got to make that decision. But these guys didn't have a decision yeah. to make, and also we are relying on them for so much, not only just news right. but also normality. Yeah. And so one of them said to my friend, you know, not only am I at work, but that means I still need to buy petrol every couple of days to get here. So I'm using petrol pumps, ATMs, all those germy things I think of now as like, I don't want to touch any of those things. Everything you touch, just one stupid example today, I was thinking about how Benjamin Law, who's one of my favourite, you know, commentators, authors, Twitterers, and I remember tweeting a very funny thing a few years ago about how he's like, look, if you don't, like, if you don't take your shoes off when you come into an Asian person's house, like, they won't say anything, but fuck, they'll judge you. And that's like, always stayed with me. And now we're implementing no shoes in the house. He made me really understand that, you know, when you go to Asia on holidays and you're like, oh, isn't it quaint how everyone's little little thongs are at the front door? But he made me understand, like, actually, yeah, it's fucking gross that we wear our shoes all the way in our house. It's disgusting. Something that I had never thought about was, and that was the nature of his tweet, was, you know, how when you stay in a hotel, which if if you're working in our job, you do a lot. Yeah. And then that band of like fake fabric across the end of the bed. He's like, for you people to put your fucking filthy shoes on. <laughs> and like, I, that had never occurred to me. I know, I know. I do. Yeah, I think it's disgusting that we wear our shoes from the world into our fucking house everywhere. Into our house, tracking coronavirus through the pristine kitchen that you just. <laughs> Going back to makeup artists, because they are always the vessel for all the shit that's going on. If someone hates someone at work, they're the ones that you tell, blah, blah, blah. So how's she going? Well, she's very emotional because they're also the most tactile, loving Mm. people. I mean, they are right there in your face. She's wearing a face mask and rubber gloves to make up people's faces, and that's hurting her heart, you know? Yeah. So, yes, she's she's stressed. And so we had a 20-minute FaceTime this morning before she went to work and it was intense. It was emotional and she just really sort of vomited out everything that she feels like because this is the nature of makeup artists as well. She goes to work and she just takes on everybody else's yes. emotional breakdowns. But she unseen workers that yeah. we are now seeing. Yeah, so I let her download onto me because I said, babe, that's okay, I'm at home and I'm safe and you mm. just tell me. So she did and then she went to work. And then later on in the day I spoke to a friend who works at a council, a city council. So she has her entire constituency's fear, panic, everything coming at her. Yeah. And I think this is one of the things that I've been thinking a lot about today and yesterday particularly 
and, you know, I do this as well and I'm not going to stop doing it, but the posts and stuff that we do about, you know, look out for each other and make yeah. sure you're, you know, being nice to your friends and checking in. Part of that discussion also has to be, but there is a limit to how much you can take on because we're all under immense stress and you can't sit, you know, FaceTiming 10 friends a day no. and your neighbours and your parents and your kids and your whatever and come out the end of it okay. I had a great opportunity. The second friend was saying to me, but I'm, I'm, she's worried about everyone else, right? And yeah. I, she, I'm, I'm worried about you, Michelle. And I was like, babe, don't worry about me. I'm fine the, in the ways that she was talking about. And she was talking about very financial issues. And it was kind of fun because I was able to say, mate, I'm a performer. Like if you think I'm worried about having to go on the dole or like dealing with <laughs> done that please do not worry about that I said to her if you think the worst thing that's ever going to happen to me is that I have to sit on hold with Centrelink please don't worry about that I'm actually I'm great like I know you don't see those posts of like oh this is so exciting like Coles is gonna let artists stack the shelves like what again right I've stacked shelves many times. Full disclosure, yeah. as long as people keep paying their invoices, which yeah. is I don't know if they will or not, but if they do, I know that I have an income for the next sort of month, okay? And so in yeah. that, I feel really fortunate. And so I think I was like, babes, please yeah. don't worry about me. And you have to, yeah, pl- please don't worry about everybody, and but don't worry about me. I will say in her in her defence, I mean, the thing is there's part of her that knows that people like you and me and any other precarious worker, and you and I are lucky because we've been high income before. Yes. So you know, we've got assets and whatever. Yeah. But there, she's right in that none of us have sick leave. No. I mean, when they talk about taking superannuation out, I think, oh, what, you're going to let me take 20 grand of the 23 that I've got? You know, like, you know, there's people, especially in our broader industry, who just have no fallback. No. At all. And that's what I mean. Not me. Please don't worry for me. You know, I'm, I, my, I have a stepson who had three jobs and who was working so hard. And this is a 22-year-old dude. And he was working really hard. And then all of his jobs got shut down two days ago. You know, worry, let's worry for that dude. And and he said, he rang my husband and said, can I come and stay yesterday? And we had to say, yeah, but you have to go and isolate for two weeks and we'll help you do that. I'll pay for you to stay in a motel or something and I'll bring you food. Well, he's furious and he's saying to us, you're being stupid as if I've got it. And what? yeah, yeah, because he's 22. As yeah. if I've got it, and anyway, it only it only only old people have to worry about it. Like fuck, what is wrong? Oh, man. oh god! And this is, you know, I heard a really he was actually a fantastic expert. I think he was from the Grattan Institute on ABC Radio yesterday, and he was very measured and very calm. And people were asking really good practical questions. So, like, you know, when I get stuff, I don't know, home delivered from Woolworths, do I have to worry? that someone's touched that package and then clean it and, you know, this kind of stuff. 
I wonder that because I'm disinfecting everything when I bring it home from Coles. Like I am napalming that right. stuff. <laughs> like, right. Yeah, to fucking my Coles checkout. Yeah. But the thing that he said, which really worried me, even though he was amazing, he's like, he basically said, I trust that the people working there, if they're sick, will go home or won't come to work. And two things I'm like, A, I have seen much more educated, quote unquote, intelligent, privileged people who are still going to work sick, who yeah. are still out in the world with colds and whatever. But also, am I wrong? You don't always know you've got it. For two weeks. But two, but even some people, like my doctor said to me, for example, and he was being reassuring about it in relation to our kid who's not well, he's like, you know, 60% of people will get this, they won't even know they've got it. Absolutely. But they can infect other people. Yes. Yeah. Can I do some homework with you? I want to know what happened with the washing machine. Well, nothing. I mean, it's still, but don't forget, my mum lives in the granny flat, so she has a little washing machine, but this typical mum, every time she comes upstairs, she says to me, well, you've got to do something about that washing machine. You better not pull up mine. <laughs> Thanks, Nan. By the way, can you move your car out of the driveway? Thanks, Nan. <laughs> and by the way, you're welcome. Oh, yeah, you're welcome. Thank I'd you. I'd love He's to say that. Just yeah. about life in general, I like to say to Nan, you're welcome. <laughs> the fact that you don't pay rent or any utilities. <laughs> you're welcome. I don't know why this has reminded me, and this is, so, you know, fuck it, there's no rules anymore. I would never, right. no, never normally quote myself. But one of my favourite jokes I used to do was about, you know, when Howard refused to say sorry to the stolen generation. Yeah. And then he, eventually he was, like, forced to basically say sorry. And I'm like, he said sorry in the way my mum says sorry if I bring up anything wrong about my childhood. Like, sorry. Oh, well, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Tell me something I got right. Oh, well, I'm so sorry if your natural mother was dead by the time you found her. <laughs> Good oh, on, excuse, excuse me. <laughs> sorry about my broken washing machine, which, by the way, I'm not getting fixed because you've got fucking emphysema. Right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. I must admit I've been laying a bit onto my kids because I have a, a toothache and I've had it ah, for a few weeks. And yes. they me the shits about robux and i'm like robux yeah and i'm like hey guess what i got a toothache motherfucker (laughs) (laughs) get in line bitches bitches (laughs) um i've had a toothache for about a month (laughs) and as if you're gonna go to the dentist as if Yeah, coronavirus is fucking annoying. <laughs> oh, my God. You know what? Thinking about this, and, again, I know I'm completely mental and this is how my brain works and most comedians' brains work like this, but my toe started hurting the other day. Yeah. And same sort of thing, you know, toothache, toeache. Like you realise it's the little things that completely fuck you up. I was completely distracted by what I think is an ingrown toenail and I started to think about people in refugee camps. Right. Going, this shit doesn't stop. 
No. It's like you think of um, people who are hungry or they're desperate to get out or they want to see their family. What you don't think about is the day-to-day period pain, miscarriages, ingrown toenails, fucking toothaches. So all this shit is going on as it does for all humans, but they've got nothing. It's like it's like it's got it's got shops, it's got hairdressing salons, it's got restaurants, cafes. Has it got hospitals? Uh, it would oh look I was gonna say it would do, but that that would be rude. Um potentially rude. Oh fuck, you're you've led me into a minefield. I don't know. It's rude if you say that it wouldn't. It's rude if you say it definitely does. Exactly. I'm not sure, but it has this street, and um, the main drag's called the shop. It's it's something that sounds like the Champs Elysees. It's meant to sound like that. I can't remember what it is, but it's the most amazing. It's a town. It's a town because yeah. that's the way Jordan treats refugees, and that's what they want it to be. It has plumbing. It has electricity. Yeah, and there's training programs, and it's amazing. And I had a meal there in a cafe, and so yeah, it just depends, man. It depends. So on- you can go to the dentist, and you can do both. Yeah, and at the moment, I mean, again, what a leap. I mean, forgive me, refugees in anywhere in the world, including the place Michelle just talked about, but you can still go to the dentist. You can do, but would you is the question. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. And also I'm not hearing any news about coronavirus in refugee settlements. Are you? I I don't know. I mean, other than the thing we already talked about, which is I know in Iran they um, have let out uh, 80,000 prisoners. They're doing um, it in Australia too. That's my update for you, by the way. Okay, hit me. Nonviolent prisoners in Australia are being let out of jails. New South Wales is about to do it, and I believe Victoria may have done it. That is my update. So when you say, do you know any more about when they say nonviolent? What do no. they I, no, I think maybe they might be keeping the details as quiet as possible. But, no, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's the idea, trying to trying to lower the numbers as much so as possible. So basically they're letting uh, what most female prisoners are in there statistically for welfare fraud, po- like crimes of poverty. So yeah. most of the ladies are getting out. Hopefully. Hopefully. All I know for sure is the official line is non-violent criminals. Okay. Interesting. Just because I've done so much work in family violence, I go to, do you just mean break and enter? Do you mean one punch attacks or do you mean family violence? Because the other thing, I mean, you know, let's not dwell on it because that's not the nature of this podcast. But the thing that I live in terror about is the increase in family violence. Yeah. That's happening at the moment because we know it's happening. Yeah. Every disaster, every bushfire, every flood, every... Every grand final loss, every disaster. And they've just had their footy cancelled. So, But also, I mean, literally, as Sherelle Moody points out, pointed out the other day on Facebook, you see everybody crowding the bottle shops when they thought they were going to be shut. And you just think, oh, wow, people stocking up on alcohol to go and be in lockdown with their family. That's probably not a great outcome for a lot of families. So, yeah, it is a scary time for a lot of families. And another woman, I won't name her because I don't know if it was a public post, I can't remember, but a woman I know through the autism community who quite bluntly said there will be autistic kids and autistic adults who will get abused during this time, who aren't going to respite, who aren't getting, their carers aren't getting a break, they're not getting a break, um, and you can't leave. 
No. And disability services closing down and... Yeah, and we know that there are a lot of children for whom school is their only safe place, their only happy place. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to change the um, the tone a little bit and ask you, what are you eating? We're eating really well, actually. Like, as I said the other day, it's the first time in my life, I think, that I'm being like really super conscious about that. And today for lunch, cooking the kids their lunches, being very influenced by Kate Langbrook's homeschooling lunches that she's been Instagramming. Oh, I don't know about this. Tell me. Well, she's been on lockdown for, I don't know, three weeks or something now, and every day she's been sort of sharing her homeschool lunches. Today they had, Dali had uh, tacos. She loves them because, of course, fresh raw veggies. And, babe, it's Tuesday, Taco Tuesday. Tuesday, of course. And Louis has his little mini pizzas, which are English muffins uh, with pizza toppings. And he also had capsicum, sliced up capsicum, which he loves. So, Yeah. yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. How about you? So I heard my little one on the phone. We're trying to hook up, um, you know, phone chats with her friends and Facebook, yeah. I mean, FaceTime and whatever. And I overheard her say to one of her friends, so, you know, is this stress eating? It's a thing. <laughs> no shit, mate. Like the other night I actually, this is how low I stooped. Like I've got my friend who, bless her, because she works very high up in state government. You know, she's, I won't say what her role is, but she's very high up. So she's doing like 20 hour days and just help. And she saw me whinging about wanting chocolate on Facebook and came over and dropped two bloody chocolate eggs on my door and all the rest of it. But even still, I sat there at night watching Survivor eating a tin of condensed milk. Whoa. (laughs) With a spoon. And I've got to tell you, it was delicious. I'm sure it was. Um, <laughs> wow. Diabetes on the end of a bloody spoon right there. But desperate times, mate, desperate measures. Wow, that's intense, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, no, I'm getting that. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> oh. After our discussion about whether or not Domino's pizza was acceptable and going through the various steps, we ended up erring on the side that it was. Of course. You were always going to, yes, yes. Well, I was very strongly leaning the other way, but Locke assured me that he would go and stand in the shop and just watch (laughs) and just see because you can see the behind the scenes like it's an open kitchen. So you can see, you know, what's going on, who's touching what, who's doing what. Mm. And after the point, we sort of, this is where the reasoning, I mean, I don't know if there's any logic in this at all, so don't fucking email me because we already ate it. But we're like, before it gets to the oven, who cares? Yeah. No, like once it's in the oven, it's blasted at 220 degrees or whatever, surely the virus can't survive that. Mm-hmm. But once it goes, how it gets from the oven to the pizza box into our hands and into our house, he assures me it wasn't touched. Wow. Okay. okay. All right then. I can do that. Great news for Domino's. Great, great news for Domino's. Domino's, just side note, I'm not a fan of your pizza. This is all about the kids. Okay. But great news for you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, and if you choose to sponsor the podcast, I mean that's your own business and that's fine. <laughs> wow. <laughs> if you want to 
make as many offers. We were both without income. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and what are you having for dinner? Vodka. Mm. Yeah. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. So you've had because you've had a hard day. Like, is this? Oh my God. What, what? What? What are you doing? What am I doing? <laughs> what? Like, seriously, what are you doing? The school earlier this year, we changed to a new school, and this is a fee-paying school for the first time in my life, and they are awesome. Like, I have to say, and it shits me to say this because I am a socialist and I thought to myself I am never paying fees for school fuck that every child in Australia should go to the same kind of school and no one should get a better education because their parents have money or can afford it that's not cool which is all still true it's all still true and certainly truer now than ever that I have less money Right, so but then Louis presented me with some learning issues and his paediatrician said to me, there's this school and it's not far from your house. And we went there and it was beautiful and amazing. So we transferred there and they have been incredible. And I've had to say, holy shit, you actually get more and you get better. Yeah, you do. I'm so sorry, Australia, but that's the state of it. (laughs) And so... But you know, just just to put a pin in the fact that that can both things can be true. Yeah, you're right. Much like you, like I am a staunch public school advocate. I went to public school. I think, to be honest, I think private schools, the whole idea of private schools is morally wrong. But having a kid with, you know, quote unquote special needs, we've, we've also looked around, including at private schools. We landed at a public school. But I'm not going to pretend that we didn't look at private schools as well. It's a different ball game when you see your kid really struggling. 
Yeah, and it's still obscene and it still needs to be noted that it was only in the 1960s that funding private schools in Australia became a thing and it's only because Australians are so ridiculously up themselves and want their children to go to private schools that it is a thing. It's ridiculous, it's obscene and we should be pushing all of our funding into public schools. But anyway, this is where we're at. Are we getting to flash forward to the point where the private school's making you do work even though the Premier said the the kids are on holidays? Yes, I kind of like it because they've signed us up. They did so much work themselves. It was amazing. On Saturday, they sent us an email. They had signed us up to these websites. They had done all the logins, all the passwords themselves. They just sent those all to us. They're giving us this week to get our heads around it, basically. So we are still at school, okay, so that when we come back after the break, we know how to do it, okay? How much did you attempt today in terms of hours or minutes or seconds? And yesterday, we started yesterday and today we've done two full days. I'm exhausted. I'm so yeah. exhausted. Darling, my daughter is great. She's a, she's just sitting there by herself at her desk and doing the whole day. She Zooms with her teachers a couple of times a day. But Louie, man, but get this. So Louie is struggling to do it by himself, but also he's taking the piss. Yeah, of course. Right. Do you know what they've done? They're so great. They've said to me, don't worry, mate. Here's Louie's educator. Here's his own Zoom. Wow. I mean. Wow. That, so did he Zoom the teacher today? No, motherfucker said he didn't know how to do the Zoom to his own <laughs> educator. You'll get around that, though, day one, yeah. day two. We'll get around that tomorrow because today I was actually busy working trying to keep my income stream alive to pay for the school. Oh, you selfish mole. I know, right? But we'll get there tomorrow. But that's, I guess, what everyone's doing, right? Everyone's trying to work at home with their kids and it's yeah. like, how and is this happening? Before that repetition is required in stressful mm. situations, having been in this sort of shit show of <laughs> homeschool, then distance edge, then like in a mix of, you know, trying to get a physical school to help and all the rest of it, having kind of done it all, with my eldest daughter for the last couple of years, I can say, just go easy on yourself. It took us a couple of months, yeah, honestly, to work out a, a good rhythm. And within a couple of weeks, it'll feel a lot easier. Um, and by a couple of months, it'll feel much easier. But there'll also be days, and I'm having these days, including yesterday, which was supposed to be a school day, where, you know what, everyone was just too stressed. Yeah. I just went, all right, well, then we're not doing it. You know what, if you were at physical school and you had a sick day, you wouldn't be forced to do work at home. This is the equivalent of a sick day. I mean, you would have seen there's lots of memes and, you know, Brene Brown statements going around Facebook (laughs) at the moment. But one of the ones that resonated with me was, you know, if you look at it from a a scientific point of view, if your cortisol levels are up, i.e. you're stressed out of your nut, which (laughs) almost everyone is at the moment, and your kid is also stressed, which almost all kids are at the moment, you can't teach and they can't learn. Mm. So calm the fuck down and put, you know, Finding Nemo on. Like that doesn't that can't go on for months, but we're actually really in the thick of it right now. And if you find you, we've got to be as the adults, like adult enough to go, I do not have this capacity today. Hopefully I'll have it tomorrow. But if I don't have it today, 
then like don't try and lean in. Don't try and force it and just go, it's okay. I get all of that, but also I feel like if your kid's sort of major talent is taking the piss... If your kid knows how to work it, girl. Girl, then I just... What's he doing, though? How's he taking the piss? Because I love this bit. It's just like, oh, I just don't know how to find the link. (laughs) I'm like, you do know how to find the link. What the fuck are you talking about? You do, though. You actually do, though. Because if the link was to Robux, you would find the link. Like, you know what? talk like RuPaul or is that just how you are in your head I swear to god he talks he talks like he's running the drive-thru at Macca's (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how to find the link I swear to god I do not mama I don't mom do you just want to express that frustration or do you want an idea both, but while I've got you, I will take the idea. Okay, so my idea, which may or may not work, is going, okay, well, no worries. As soon as you've found the link, huh? you can go on Roblox. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Like the best thing I ever heard was this um, psych who works with teens, mm-hmm. and he basically said this was at a gig I was emceeing, but you know how you just store little nuggets away. He said he's, I think they've got four boys, four teenage boys, and his wife basically says to the boys, um, you don't have to do your chores. Like, here's a list of chores, but you'll get the Wi-Fi password when your chores are done. Mm-hmm. So I think you can get some program where the Wi-Fi password changes every night and it gets emailed to you. So these kids have to do the set chores before they have it air. And guess what? Those motherfuckers are doing those chores at 6 o'clock in the morning. And I thought, like, I'm not there yet with my kids. They're not quite old enough. But I thought the general principle of carrot and stick. Yeah. Like, you really want this thing. If you really want to play, like, if you took Minecraft off my youngest kid, like, life would be over as she knew it. So, okay, then dangle that in front of her. Yeah. Well, I did today. I was like, you know, you can have Robux at the end of the day if you do the full day. And then at the end of the day, he's like, Robux? And I go, no, well, you didn't do the day. And then he cried for yeah. 40 minutes. Well, and isn't this, this is the broader problem with consequences. Yeah. Like you better, you know, you better only lay down what you're prepared to actually yeah. enforce. Because if I take away screen time, for example, then guess who has no time? Yeah. has no time. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really hard. I don't know the answer to that one other than trying to make it something that's achievable. Also, may I draw your attention to this? This is the one that four days ago I told you was the good one. <laughs> I was just about to say, there's been somewhat of a role reversal. Does this mean you're also now trying to sneak out to buy an eyebrow pencil and Nan's in the driveway with an Uzi? Like... No, but isn't it interesting that Dali has responded? It, it, they're so shocking. She yeah. responded like crazy to the structure of the school. As soon as she heard her teacher, it's like my master's voice, she heard yeah. her teacher's voice on that Zoom, she's like, boom, girl, she's locked oh. in. 
she's Pavlov's dog, the bell yeah. and she's salivating. Yeah, and she loves it. Yeah. She hangs out for that. She's, you know what she's doing without anyone else thinking about it? Setting her phone alarm for the yeah. next appointment. I'm so impressed. And a couple of days ago I was like, oh, God, yeah. I can't live with this girl. No, but I think that's an indication. I don't know about you, but the thing that I'm finding so unsettling, and I, I feel this in the ether, mm-hmm. um, when I say ether I mean talkback radio, uh, <laughs> is that... <laughs> the pe- which is my only access to other humans at the moment. The people that you would normally expect to behave in a certain way are not. Yeah. yeah. Like there's people who are usually completely off the Richter, who are just cool, calm, facing the reality, this is what I need to do, like upset and worried but sort of containing. Yeah. And then there's others who are normally steady as she goes, like I've got this shit, you know, I'm the bloody, I've got a pool and a mortgage and two kids and I live in the suburbs, who are just completely losing it. And that in itself is really unsettling because then you're you're unsettled yourself, but you feel like the people around you are completely losing their normal way of being. So there's yeah. nothing to hold on to. Which is why, to take us back to the beginning, it's so important to us that those people on TV show up every night and look pretty and have their reassuring voices. Imagine how stressful that is on them. Oh, look, I mean, you and I have both experienced that. Like I've done, you know, stints of working on ABC radio and dealing with talkback callers and and the stress that that involves without a crisis. Yeah. Where you're the one who, your job really is to be the container. Yeah, and yeah. And to deal with people with different views and all the rest of it and just to be that sort of level-headed person. And that is really fucking hard. Not just that they're dealing with coronavirus and the uncertainty and the changing hour by hour, but they just came off the bushfires. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's the thing that really does my head in. It's like have how much have they got in the tank? Bless them for doing that. And for trying to give us a sense of normality and calm. And even though, like, I'm not in any way a footy fan, but I can also see how unsettling that is for some people because that is the thing that anchors them in their life. Like if they've got a really stressful week or they've got a shit show divorce or they've got, fuck it, who knows, whatever. Well, the other thing is it's something to talk about. That's how I got into footy was that I realised that it is something unifying to talk about even if you both hate the same team or whatever. It is, and particularly right now, if, God, if there's something we need to talk about that isn't corona or toilet paper or lockdown, now is the time. It would be great to have something to talk about, right? To find some things. Well, yeah. tell me, even though it's corona-related, how's Kev going? Sweet, sweet Kev. Fucking Kev. Fuck you, Kev. For people oh. who haven't heard before, and shame on you if you haven't, but Kevin is our imaginary co-worker that lives at our houses and just constantly fucks things up. Yes. Kevin has broken Nana's electric blanket. <laughs> Hang yeah. on, can we backtrack? It is 22 degrees today. Not in Nana's bed. What are you doing with an not, electric blanket on? Not in Nana's bed, it's not. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> Nana has reached the always freezing time of her life. Oh, jeez. I know that time. Like I, my blood runs cold. This is why I love Asia. Like oh I God. want to be, I want it to be 35 degrees every day of my life. But yeah. fuck me, an electric blanket on March. <laughs> You're looking for an ice pack. Oh, my God. Just what swan up here and say, oh, God, I'm freezing and I'm bored. And I'll go, are you fucking? Oh, Jesus. Mate, get up here and fucking help me. And, you know, like. You might be bored if you help the kids do the homeschool, Nan. No, Nan's not helping anybody with anything and she's freezing. Put on a shepherd's pie and some Ugg boots. Warm right up. Oh Jesus! She's always freezing, and she said, and her electric blanket's broken. It only works on half the side, and her dog sleeps on that side, so she's freezing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God! I've got into precious pup mode. Are Are you kidding me? So she sends me to Big W yesterday in Corona World. Oh my god! Oh, I'm wearing washing up gloves and a bandana around my face. You are not. Did you wear washing up gloves to Big W? Yes. Oh my lord! I don't care. I didn't care who knew, babes. I oh, did it. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. And they didn't even have the blankets out yet. They didn't even have. So it was pointless. Trip. The 24th of March. Yeah, I know. But she's furious. And we don't live in Sweden, Nan. Well, tell it to Kev and tell it to Nan, mate, because I'm in the shit because I did not bring back a new electric blanket and she's freezing. Kevin's getting very demanding the longer this pandemic goes on. What about your cheese situation? The one thing I have said before, and I will say again, I will shit in the shower before I will go without Canberra olives. You are on record. I am on record. I don't care about toilet paper. I know what the essentials of life are. Yeah. So I eat a lot of cheese. <laughs> I eat a lot of olives. <laughs> I eat a lot of biscuits. Yeah. And I did slice, although I have to say, just side note, got the they didn't have my normal camembert. I get the cheap camembert. Mm-hmm. But the fancy French $10 whatever camembert. It wasn't very good. It tasted a bit weird to the point where I'm like, is this off or is this what camembert actually meant to <laughs> No, it's actually just really good. Yeah. Just, it was just like a bit odd. Anyway, so cut myself a couple of slices, left it out to go and deal with one of the, you know, demands. Kevin had a few demands, shall we say. Yeah. Came back, whole wheel of camembert gone. I looked down to see both our dogs looking very, very guilty and they'd, they'd eaten the whole wheel. So now wow. I'm sitting here thinking, what's going to, A, you took my bloody camembert. But also, what's going to happen later? Wow. So Kev, really <laughs> giving me the shit. The other thing I'm noticing about Kev, my God, he generates a lot of dishes. Oh, my word, yes. Yes. Dishes. Seriously, when, like we've got now, and again, judge away, but we've got like a water bottle each with our name on it. You know, rather than like, oh, because normally we'd share glasses and, you know, drink out of the milk container and be general sort of, you know, pigs. Yeah. Got our milk container and got our water container range. But still, there's like 25 glasses every day and we run out of forks and the the dishwasher's on and the sink's full. It's like, Kev, what are you doing? I know, right? 
What about Derek, though? Derek's our other co-worker who's getting some things right. Has he done anything well? I hate Derek. Yeah, Derek's a prick. Your daughter told us about Derek. Explain Derek. Was she quite lovingly? Because I thought Kevin was a great idea, which, as I said, I saw from Facebook, you need a common enemy. Who's doing all the things wrong in the house? That's Kev. Yeah. She said to me, with all of her seven years of experience on the planet, Mum, it says a lot about you that you <laughs> that you've invented Kevin, but there's no one who's doing all the good stuff. So I'm going to call him Derek. Thanks for breakfast, Derek. Oh my god, so rude! It took everything in my being not to go. By Derek, you mean Mum? Oh my that- god. So I tell you what, Derek's done well today. He's put on a, a slow-cooked leg of lamb. He's probably going to drop that off to a couple of friends. Oh. Well. So, you know, well done, Derek. He's he's washed some towels. Derek did something at my place. Derek dropped off like about 12 rolls of toilet paper to the Vietnamese neighbours. Oh, Derek. Now, Derek- the neighbours next door, there's four generations. Two of those generations, obviously, terrific. Yeah. The other two generations look at Derek like Derek is coming over the top of the fucking trench <laughs> at any moment. <laughs> like the war never ended, okay? Oh, dear. Derek says hi to them yeah, and just... they look at Derek like fucking he's a threat to everything they hold dear. Derek is, to be fair, very pale-skinned and very blonde. Yeah, but um, friendly as fuck. I mean, come on. Now, you know, bit of fun around the place. Yeah, and look, Derek's got toilet paper. Put your shit aside, mate. Um, g'day. I'll say hi to Derek. So anyway, Derek <laughs> happened to get a delivery of toilet paper today from another friend. And so Derek thought, hey, woo, it's neighbour time. So Derek yeah. went next door. Now, one of the, the two unfriendly generations was out there tending to the crop in the front garden, yeah. as they do. Yeah, they're not panic buying. Just panic gardening. Not even panic, just gardening. Just gardening, yeah. Normal gardening. And Derek said, woo, sort of, hi, but but you never creep up on them because, fuck, who knows what happened. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get a capsicum to the head. All right, let them know you're coming. <laughs> so, <laughs> Derek... Let them know she or he is coming from a very great distance. Woo, yeah. hey, hi. And pointing <laughs> to the dunny paper going, hey, I went next door. I stood at, at our dividing colour bond fence. <laughs> I said, excuse me. Hello. And I pointed at the dunny paper and I placed it respectfully at our colour bond fence divider. I pointed at it, pointed at him, smiled, thumbs up. Oh, you're the best. And what did he do? He gave me his half smile, like still thought, yeah, but, you know, I didn't kill me. I was like, no, mate, never have, never gonna. On your side, can you please, just for my own mental health joy, share possibly, and this is a big call, possibly my favourite story ever from a colleague, which came from you, about getting on the the rickshaw. The rickshaw. Oh, my gosh. Our listeners need a little bit of love, and this story has stayed with me. I mean, I must have heard it. It would have been 15 years ago. No. At least. I'll be 10, you know what, it'll be 10 years ago because the babies were born. Louie and Dali were born, but they were still little. They were babies. 
I would go Cambodia because yeah. I'm such a great parent. I went to Cambodia when my babies were about three months old. So I left them here in Australia with their father and I went to Cambodia to visit a program that I was, I can't remember why, working for or whatever. And so yeah, they're okay. Fine. They're here yeah. now. They're in the bath. They're fine. Yeah. Anyway, and I was getting rickshaws around the place. And one time, a rickshaw driver, I went to climb into a rickshaw. <laughs> and sure, they sometimes bend a bit when you pull them down to climb in. You know, they're on the back of motorbikes. <laughs> and a different rickshaw driver who wasn't even involved in the transaction oh, that I was not. involved in. No, he's just heckling from the side. He's heckling from the side. He's just got nothing to do. He's just overhanging on his own rickshaw. He said to me, ooh, ooh, like that. And I looked at him and I said, what? And he said, ooh, how many kilos? And he wasn't talking about carry on luggage. No. How many kilos? He said, maybe 60, maybe 70 kilos. (laughs) And I thought to myself, I'm going to make your day and give you a great story. And I said to him, maybe 100. (laughs) That's what he did. That's what he did. His face. Just lit up. He laughed and laughed. His face lit up. He said, ooh, 100. (laughs) And the excitement. It was so wonderful. And then we laughed so hard and he and I laughed so hard. And I climbed into the groaning rickshaw and we laughed and laughed. Torn between. I didn't get that fair and that poor bastard has to pull her around. And whereas my first world fat lady privilege point of view was 70 kilos. Jesus, I haven't been 70 kilos since I was 17. I was so flattered. Imagine. How flattering. I know, but there was that part of me, I was obviously in a very good space at the time that I thought, you know what, that's very flattering, but I'm actually going to make your day. (laughs) Yeah, totally, totally, totally. 60 or 70. I've just always loved that story. Just the, I mean, the kind of absurdity of it and there's so many layers in which you can unpack that story and, you know, class and race and privilege and all the rest of it. But for me, just the basic idea of you two laughing together Right, the kind of absurdity of life, and God knows we need that now. And also, though, it was a great moment for me to really reinforce how meaningless that is outside of our culture and our fashion. And yeah, to him, that wasn't even, that wasn't rude. No, and now for him, it's an observation. And I think yeah. I've told you this story before, but you know sharing with the listeners I remember so we go to Bali a lot I love Bali absolutely I love Bogan Bali we've used the same guy so the same guy and anyone who's been to Bali will know they're all called Gede so there's my Gede we've been seeing uh, Locke and I for about 20 years and every time we go to Bali we see him and we see his kids and you know we have a relationship with him and he drives us around basically and a few years ago he was sitting with Locke having a bim tang 
And he looked over and he just said, you know, you must be very proud, man. He's just looking at me with the kids. And Locke's like, oh, well, you know, Locke's not a big talker. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, so, you know, of course, yeah, I am proud. And he's just like, how do you feed her? <laughs> Like, Locke didn't understand, but he's basically saying, you must be loaded. I know, right? Take that bitch in Tim Tams. Right? (laughs) I'm like, excuse me, I have my own money and, you know, but all the rest of it. But the basic idea, again, like we have so much cultural baggage about that stuff where you go, he's not sitting there going, oh, you're fat and it's awful. To drop a clanger of a name, every time I see the Dalai Lama, he will say the fucking worst things to me. And often he would say them on stage, on mic, and (laughs) the audience would go, oh, no. And I'll have to say to them, no, it's a compliment. Like he would say to me, oh, you're so fat. And he means, oh, great, you're still fat, great. Like it's a compliment, guys. He's happy. It's good. It's healthy, you know. I've had the same thing, I mean, not just in Asia, but basically, I mean, let's be frank about it, any culture where poverty is more right. um, widespread than it is here. Yes. Everywhere I've travelled, they literally, and touched my face, you look so young, you look so yes. young, so beautiful, because you're fat. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can I just take the first part? Thank you. I know. One time I was on stage with the Dalai Lama and Ian Thorpe, the Thorpedo, right? Thorpedo. Right. And we had to, I can't remember what it was, but it was like one of us had to go first, me and the Thorpedo. And they were like, who will go first? And His Holiness said, let her go first. She's the fattest. Is that like she's a spare rib away from a heart attack or is no, that in- It was a compliment. It was like how we would go ladies first or whatever and all the women in the audience went, oh, fuck. <laughs> and every time it happens, oh, fuck, it makes me laugh and laugh. But every Tibetan will, will do it. Like I do a lot of gigs with old Tibetan monks and they always say shit like that. And I know how they mean it, but... Yeah, completely do it's not mean not it's the opposite it's the opposite do you mean like as in we would say let her go she's the most beautiful he said yeah. let her go she's the fattest and he smiled at me as though he was giving me the most beautiful compliment yeah. it was so gorgeous as it should be yes order of things oh. you are slowly converting me to buddhism Oh, my God. The old Tibetan monks are so funny because they will really take the piss out of you, though. They are Love they it. are brutal in their sense of humour, hilarious. Yeah. They will say to me, I've had an old monk say to me, how many children have you got? Because I'm always going on about, oh, God, I'm so overworked. And I'll go, two. And this old boy said to me, oh, my, my mother had 12 on a farm. Like, get yeah. over it. <laughs> Oh, you've got a home school with your robots. Yeah. They are yeah. brutal when they are taking the piss, but when they call you fat, they are not. So I have no belief system. Getting like I don't have a belief system to fall back on mm-hmm. in a time like coronavirus. Whereas you do. Do you think it makes a difference? Like bring me Buddhism with Corona. Oh uh it's hard to 
try and be specific because, I don't know, Buddhism is just like, well, everything's karmic, everything's related to everything else, everything's connected, everyone's connected. So do you see Buddhist lessons? Because I do get a bit of gabooga, as you know, and I go, okay, so, you know, our global emissions are down and I'm going around to the neighbours asking if they want a fucking slow-cooked lamb shank. Yeah. And, um, you know, whatever, however many examples that all of us are doing, uh-huh. you think there's like a universe, karmic, Buddha, whatever thing going, hey, guys, you're all living wrong, so I'm just going to give you a taste of that. Yeah, I probably do, but also then karma, there's an old saying that says karma is the answer to the question why. Why is this happening? Why is this happening to me? So, But on a personal level, it's like um, what's happening to me is a result of my karma from previous lives mostly. It's not an instant thing. It's not like what I did last Tuesday is coming back. It's mostly a previous life thing. But also what I do with it is up to me now and that will create my future karma. So whatever's happening to me now, however I deal with it, will create future karma. So in life or in in another life? Both, but but probably in a in another life. So I am very aware that in this life I'm just so incredibly lucky. I always say that, you know, once you understand that you're lucky just to be born human, then that changes your whole aspect on everything. Let alone born in Australia and white skin and all the rest of it. Yeah. Yes. So once yeah. you accept I'm just lucky to be human, then you look at every other aspect of my life specifically, then you just go, shit. And also you're using up your karma like it doesn't last forever. So I'm using up so much good karma in this life. Look how lucky I am. It's really important that I try and create as much good karma as I can. Otherwise, imagine I'm probably using up all the good karma I've ever made through eons in this one because this is so lucky, this one. So it's really important that I try and create as much good karma as I can. But equally, you use up bad karma as well. So when you see someone have a very unfortunate rebirth, you think, okay, well, they've used up a lot of bad karma in this life, so that's a good way of seeing that and coping with that. They never have to live that again. They never, ever have to. See someone do- in bad misfortune, mm. you take not comfort, but, you know, do you think at least take some solace in, in the idea that they'll have a better life next time? Yeah, they never have to live through that again. They never have to deal with that again. They've done it. It's gone. Mm. Even when people get to heaven, they they're using up a lot of good karma in heaven. Heaven doesn't last forever. Hell doesn't last forever, according to Buddha. It's all temporary. Like a bloody payday loan. It's like the interest is coming. Yes. Karma really, it's an interesting moment at the moment with something like coronavirus because I think the idea of karma makes sense to me in the sense, in that very basic sense of going, if you do good shit, good shit comes to you. I mean, that's just reality, I think. Um, that doesn't, to me, in my way of thinking, it does, it's not an insurance policy. It doesn't protect you against anything. But just generally in life, if you're nice to other people or you try and do the right thing, then you find people often do that back to you as well. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But you can't lose heart if you do great things and then you get a flat tyre. You yes. know, you have to understand it's bigger than this week or this month or the, even this life. Like, you know, you have to keep keep going, yeah. Thanks for downloading. We'll be back soon, no doubt. Until then, though, hang in there.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 